Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. Once again, we are gathering as a community that seeks to be diverse and inclusive and inspire love, work for justice, and grow in community together. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you've come from this morning, you're welcome here. Whomever you love, know that you are welcome in this place. May this be a place where you can be your fullest and most authentic selves. Soul Matters theme for January means wholeness. We can move toward greater wholeness when we do the work of healing. In my lifelong profession as a dietitian, I've had a lot of experience with wound healing, especially when I worked in hospital settings. Having a clean wound bed is critical with no damaged tissue at the margins. Access to appropriate ointments and sterile dressings and adequate and excellent nutrition are all key. 
New tissue needs good quality protein, adequate hydration, and added vitamin C and zinc for severe wounds. To achieve excellent healing without infection, the wound must heal from within, from its deepest point upward toward the surface of the skin. Simply allowing a scab to form and having it heal from the top down does not work. Healing our spirit requires healing from within as well, including from the verbal and action wounds that are inflicted upon us by people we love. My sister, Mary Ellen, divorced me more than five years ago. She severed all ties and cut me and my family out of her life for reasons known only to her. There was a gaping wound where my heart was, and I tried in vain to reach her, to talk to her, to try and understand what had happened. I was hurt. It negatively affected all other family relationships. How to heal this wound? It would not be as easy as prescribing myself more protein to eat and more vitamin C to consume. In part, my healing was influenced by a quote from an online site called Soul Seeds. It took me a long time to understand what it means to forgive someone. I always wondered how I could forgive someone who chose to hurt me. But after a lot of soul searching, I realized that forgiveness is not about accepting or excusing their behavior. It is about letting go and preventing their behavior from destroying my heart. Healing for me began within from a place of forgiveness and beginning the work of healing from within me. What might healing look like for you? What needs healing in your life? Come, let us worship together. Would you join me now for the words for lighting the chalice written by Eric Heller Wagner, then your order of service. Blessed is the fire that burns deep in the soul. It is the flame of the human spirit touched into being by the mystery of life. It is the fire of reason, the fire of compassion, the fire of community, the fire of justice, the fire of faith. It is the fire of love burning deep in the human heart, divine glow in every life. Would you join me now in the responsive reading, which you'll find in your order of service, and there will be an opportunity for different voices. I'll ask for the low voices, the high voices, and all voices. For those of us who live in cold or even temperate climates, February is a time of faith, faith in the power of life, in the cycles of nature. Although the sun reverses its course at winter solstice, there are still more hours of darkness than light each day. 
Yet we have faith that the light will wax stronger because, after all, it always has. Can we have the low voices, please? Against the gray sky, their sap, sleep, and frozen roots. Yet we have faith in the greening to come. The ground is cold, some places still patched with snow. Yet beneath it, the seeds are germinating, poised for away. Could we all read the next two lines together, please? We have faith that spring will come because, after all, it always has. Sometimes it is February in our hearts. Times of dreary, colorless sameness when we are bored with our lives. Or times when the darkness and cold of loneliness or stress or failure seem unending and we doubt we can endure it much longer. The high voices, please. Or times when we are frozen in our losses, when we despair of ever loving again, of ever being truly joyful, or of finding meaning in our lives. We must have faith that spring will come because, after all, it always has. Low voices. The wheel of the year turns. Seasons change. Darkness gives way to light, which wanes into darkness. The high voices. Birth and death and birth and death and birth. Each has its seasons, and each season is a necessary part of the whole. It is the way of all nature. We must have faith that spring will come because, after all, it always has. I'm going to invite you into a guided meditation now. There is an ancient Celtic story of the old hag of winter who says the time has come to turn again and falls to the ground. When she stands, she has become the beautiful young maiden of spring. With this transformation, she breathes new life into the world once again. How do you breathe life into that which seems dead? I invite you to cup your hands together and hold them to your mouth. Inhale deeply. Now breathe a long, slow breath into your hands. Feel the warmth of life itself in your hands. That warmth is part of the warmth that is rising in the world as the sun returns. Our spirits are rising as well. They have slept through the winter dreaming of what may yet be. Today, as we talk about the return of spring, it's a time to ask, what has been wintering within us that will germinate as the year grows light and warm again, just as the seeds within the earth are preparing to germinate once again? We're going to take some time to rediscover the potential and possibilities hidden within us and to invite them to begin germinating. Let's breathe, continue to breathe together deeply now. I invite you to simply pay attention to your breath as you breathe in and breathe out. As you're comfortable, you're welcome to close your eyes. What has been hibernating within you that needs to be nurtured so that it can grow? What ideas, dreams, and hopes are waiting to grow and to bloom, transforming our world? 
What gifts do you have within you waiting to be awakened and shared? As we continue to sit together in silence, I invite you to imagine the beauty and the gifts you will bring into the world as you grow and bloom when the spring comes and you're nourished by the sun and fed by the rain and the earth. Welcome. 
Our first reading by Mara Friedman is Healing Threads. Bridget was a weaver goddess who made the first piece of cloth in Ireland into which she wove healing threads. No doubt she was once seen as a weaver of worlds like the three Norns in North mythology who weave the threads of destiny on their vast loom and Grandmother Spider, the Navajo goddess who weaves the planetary web into being and repairs it when human folly has caused it to ravel. Those who have the second sight are able to see this web as a network of threads of radiant living light that weaves everything together in the cosmos. The web of life is not just a metaphor for how everything is connected, but very real indeed on an energetic level. In the highlands and islands of Scotland, traditional folk healers often made the charm of the threads. They entwined three threads of red, white, and black, sometimes blue, about the patient's affected part while quietly intoning a Gaelic incantation to Brigid and other saints three times over. This ancient method of healing lasted well into modern times. People also weave Brigid's cross and hang it up over the front door, a child's bed, barn or stable, to guarantee Bridget's blessings and protection upon their lives and animals. Bridget's cross, as seen on the cover of the Order of Service, has nothing to do with Christian tradition. It represents the cycling of the sun through the heavens and is shaped like the ancient Indian symbol of the swastika, a name derived from the Sanskrit word savastika, meaning well-being or being fortunate. If you try your hand at weaving Bridget's cross, you will find that you naturally turn it around with your fingers as you add each new reed, so that by making the cross, you are participating in the cycling of the sun through the day and the seasons. For to make a Bridget's cross is to participate in the very act of creation Weaving is a rhythmic art, an expression of unity and hope in the face of the reality of change, destruction, and death. A beautiful Irish poem prayer on Bridget's crosses can remind us of our connectedness with all on the web of life. As we look at the extremities of the cross, reaching as they do to the four points of the compass, let it remind us all the peoples of the earth belong to one family. As we look at its interlacing in the center, let us understand that human survival depends upon human beings of all nations learning to embrace one another. 
with generosity, understanding, respect, and a willingness to share the good things of the earth with justice. It's been a mild winter, but I still feel a yearning in my body and spirit for spring. Are you feeling that restlessness as well? So, what do we want? Spring. When do we want it? Now. (laughs) We're halfway there. According to the Wheel of the Year, as we celebrate today a pagan day known as Imbog. Imbog, which actually happens this Saturday, February 1st, is what's called a cross-quarter day, following midway between this winter solstice and the spring equinox. In the Celtic tradition, it's considered the beginning of spring. Imbog does not bring dramatic change from the apparent death of winter. The trees are not going to burst into blossom overnight. Leaves are not going to sprout from branches right away. Plants and flowers aren't going to appear all of a sudden. It's a time of mystery. Everything is still brown and bare and appears lifeless. But the transformation has begun. The seeds in the ground are waiting to sprout, and we will watch as the world renews itself around us in the days to come. February 1st is also the Celtic feast day of Bridget, who began as a pagan goddess of Ireland but became a Christian saint. If you're here for the first time, or even if you've been attending for a while, you may wonder why we're talking about an Irish pagan goddess turned Catholic saint and an ancient Celtic holy day. As Unitarian Universalists, today is an opportunity to understand more deeply the many different roots of our faith and to receive some spiritual gifts. One of the roots of the Unitarian Universalist living tradition is our sixth source of spiritual wisdom, earth-centered traditions which celebrate the sacred circle of life and instruct us to live in harmony with the rhythms of nature. Our sixth source teaches us that we depend on the earth for all our needs, food, light, water, and warmth, and that we structure our lives around the rhythms of nature, the coming and going of the seasons. We are invited to reflect on the mystery of life itself, to remember we are part of the earth and its cycles of birth, death, and rebirth. Celebrating Imbog is an opportunity to receive the spiritual gift of hope and its promise of new life that spring brings. As a personification of transformative power, Bridget as a goddess is a metaphor for the possibilities within us waiting to be awakened, just as the earth is waiting to be reawakened by the spring. During the meditation, you are invited to reflect on the ideas, dreams, and hopes within you waiting to grow and bloom, as well as the gifts you have that can be shared with the world. Imbog offers another spiritual gift, healing. Bridget is a healer, a weaver of the world who repairs it with her golden threads. She is a metaphor for life's healing power, which we've all experienced in our lives, whether from an illness or other difficult times. I learned about Bridget several years ago about this time of year during a conversation with my spiritual director at the time, Barbara. Our conversation began when I was honest by telling her I'd felt stuck for months. I knew I'd been merely making the motions and not feeling any joy or wonder. After some intense conversation about my life, the first thing Barbara said to me was, Stephen, knock it off with the tough guy routine. Quit pretending you've got it all together and be honest with yourself about why you're struggling. 
So I was. I spoke of the grief I was feeling over the death of my dog Spartacus, an aptly named 120-pound mix of wolf and husky with sky-blue eyes and a talent for counter-surfing. I talked about the difficulties I was having in coming to terms with aging. I named the exhaustion of believing I had to be a perfect minister, whatever that is. Barbara then said I had some healing I needed to do that I'd been ignoring. So Barbara's an Episcopal priest I met during an Occupy march. She told me about Bridget, the saint and the goddess. Barbara shared with me how she had discovered Bridget during a bout with cancer and that in invoking the saint, my spiritual director had found healing and a renewed peace and joy. I was intrigued, so I began to study Bridget. I discovered her ancient origins. She was a powerful goddess for the ancient Celts, a goddess of fire and water, the union of opposites that is life-giving and poetic and yet practical. When Christianity came to Ireland and the Catholic missionaries converted the native peoples, it also made Bridget a saint. Some church scholars say there never really was a Saint Bridget, but the Catholic Church decided they dare not call the great goddess of Ireland a demon, so they canonized her instead. She's formidable as a goddess, but she's also quite a character (coughs) as a Christian saint. She's legendary for generosity and ability to provide an abundance of food for daily needs as well as festive occasions. In Bridget's presence, butter is replenished. The bacon she slipped to a dog miraculously appears in the pot. A stone turns into salt. She also had the ability to turn water into beer, which would make her a perfect party guest. Soon after the conversation with my spiritual director about Bridget, I added an image of the goddess and the saint to my altar and focused on my spiritual life on healing, on renewing, and on better self-care. I still struggle with being the perfect minister. Aging is a challenge. Life's losses and struggles continue, but I do experience joy, wonder, beauty, and life feels so fulfilling. I trust in my ability to heal, and life's ability to help me heal. This month, we've explored the theme of integrity, being ourselves, understanding who we each are at our core, seeking the wholeness and healing we need to be complete. As Unitarian Universalists, I think it's easy for us to fall in the trap of of wanting to appear (coughs) as though we have it all together. We don't tend to dwell on human failing and life's brokenness. Perhaps that demands too much vulnerability on our part, a willingness to admit that we are in need of healing and wholeness. What if we chose to do things differently? Glennon Doyle, a female author and activist who has written about the Me Too movement says, we saw everyone around us smiling and repeating, I'm fine, I'm fine. And we found ourselves unable to join them in all the pretending. We had to tell the truth which was actually, I'm not fine. We've all experienced losses, sorrow, struggle, and times when we don't feel complete and whole. We're all in need of healing in our lives. Can we take the risk of telling each other that truth? Are we willing to truly live out our covenant and make this a safe place where you and I can be vulnerable and say, I'm not fine? I don't have it all together right now. I'm here because I'm seeking greater healing and wholeness. 
Are our hearts and minds open to the possibility that healing and greater wholeness are always possible? And are our divine right, our birthright as a child of life, as a spark of the divine? It is my prayer that today you receive the promises of Imbolg and Bridget offered. In doing the work of healing ourselves, for reawakening hope, love, compassion within us, we will be able to join in our truest calling, like a Bridget, weaving the web of life into beauty and wholeness, creating peace and justice, healing ourselves and our world. May it be so. Let's take a moment of silent reflection together before our second reading. The Giveaway by Phyllis McGinley. St. Bridget was a problem child, although alas, demure and mild, and one who strove to please her dad, St. Bridget drove the family mad. And here's the fault in Bridget Lay. She would give everything away. To any soul whose luck was out, she'd give her bowl of stirabout. She'd give her shawl, divide her purse with one or all. And what was worse, when she ran out of things to give, she'd borrow from a relative. Her father's gold, her grandsire's dinner, she'd hand to cold and hungry sinner. Give wine, give meat, no matter whose, take from her feet the very shoes. And when her shoes had gone to others, fetch forth her sisters and her mothers. She could not quit, she had to share, gave bit by bit the silverware, the barnyard geese, the parlor rug, her little niece's christening mug even her bed to those in want, and then the mattress of her aunt. An easy touch for poor and lowly, she gave so much and grew so holy that when she died of years and fame, the countryside put on her name and still the aisles of Erin Fidget with generous girls named Bridie or Bridget. Well, one must love her nonetheless in thinking of her givingness. There's no denial she must have been a sort of trial unto her kin. The moral, too, seems rather quaint. Who had the patience of a saint? From evidence presented here, St. Bridget, or her near and dear? St. Bridget discovered a truth about the spiritual life. There is joy in being generous, and it is through your and our generosity that together we make a difference in the world. We sing a song to Bridget. Bridget brings the spring. Awakens all the fields and the flowers And calls the birds to sing All were welcome at her door No one was turned away She loved the poor, the sick, and the sore She helped them on their way
a song to Bridget. Bridget brings the spring, awakens all the fields and the flowers, and calls the birds to sing. She laid her cloak out on the ground and watched it grow and grow. In wells and streams and fields of green, St. Bridget's blessings flow. We sing a song to Bridget, Bridget brings the spring, awakens all the fields and the flowers, and calls the birds to sing. Bridget is an elemental figure, whether as a goddess or saint or metaphor for healing. She is associated with the earth as a bringer of fertility, with the air as breath of life, with the fire that is the spark of life, and with water, a source of purification and healing. Honoring our connections with the earth and its healing power, and knowing we are bound together by a golden thread as part of the web of all existence, I summon the earth, the air, the fire, the water, to bless this water, and I invoke life's power of healing and blessing. May this water be filled with power, light, and healing. You are welcome now to join in a ritual of blessing and healing. Come forward in silence if you'd like to participate. Elaine and I will pour a small amount of water on your fingers and offer words of blessing. If you'd like to receive the blessing for someone else, please speak their name to us. These are words from an ancient Celtic blessing. Deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. And from Bridget, deep peace. Deep peace of the pure flame to you. Deep peace of the clear water to you. Deep peace of infinite peace to you. Now blessed by this time together and renewed in spirit, to do the work of healing ourselves and healing our world, let us go forth in joy and hope to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so. Blessed be. Amen and namaste.